No, we're not condoning divorce. Gene and I totally believe it's one man, one woman for a lifetime. But when the jar's been broken, how do you pick up the pieces and try to take his kids, her kids, our kids, and make the family whole again? That's a tough issue. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today we have two guests who will tell their story of God's faithfulness even in the circumstances of divorce and remarriage. Husband and wife Craig and Gina Morgan will visit with us today with help for blended families. I'll introduce them to you in a moment, but first, please take a few minutes to log on to our website for First Person. You'll find additional information about today's guests and topic, a calendar of upcoming programs, and an archive of all past First Person interviews. It's online at firstpersoninterview.com. Craig and Gina Morgan were married in 1996 after both experiencing the pain of divorce. Theirs became a blended family when they each brought children, a total of seven, to the marriage. Now they seek to help other families who are struggling with the issue of raising children who are blended together in their new families. Craig and Gina have chosen it as their mission to make the family whole again. And a few months ago, I sat down to talk with them, our conversation taking place in a busy hallway at a convention in Nashville. Now, Craig and Gina had both been divorced about three years when they married, and I started by asking Craig if he was still working on his feelings following his divorce when he met Gina. I was still working through it. I probably thought at the time when I had gone through it, but I obviously, as I look back and reflect now, I had not finished that process. I was still had, I still had anger issues. I still had trust issues. And down deep, I just was still angry at God for why did you allow me to go through what I went through? So I was coming out of it, but I was not through Mm -hmm. it. And I'm sure you're both aware of the statistics of second and third marriages and Mm -hmm. how many of them them fail. That had to be sobering and a part of your decision-making to remarry, Gina. Yes, very much so. Me bringing four boys into the marriage and then uh, Craig having a son and a daughter, and then we have one between us. Um, We know the statistics are very high on the second marriage. Um, so, and of course, kids are always good at dividing and conquering as well. We have very smart children. If they see an opening, they rush for it, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, uh-huh. they do. So talk to me more then about the process for you, Craig, and how the Lord got a hold of you and, and turned you around, really. He really did, Wayne. It was October 19th, 1998. I had gone to a leadership conference that a business colleague had recommended I go attend, And I'm thinking I'm going to this leadership conference to learn about how to become a better leader in business. But before the conference even started, the gentleman that was hosting the conference said, I have three goals to this this weekend. The first is that by tomorrow at four o'clock, you want to be a better leader. The second is that I want to give you strategies to help you become a better leader. But this was the line. He said, if those two things happen, it'll be a good conference But if this third thing happens, it'll be a great conference. And here's what he said, and that is that God does a new work in your heart. Did you want to run for the door? How did you respond to that? Actually, what I did was I broke. Did you right away? Right. It's all it took. It's all it took. It was, I was weeping. I literally felt like God had come down, was sitting beside me and saying, I'm not done with you yet. I still love you. We're not... I've been hurting with you, but I'm still here. And I told that weekend while mm-hmm. I went home to Gina, I said, honey, I'm a mess. I got to get away and 
God and I got to just get together. And it, that, so, and that was in 98. We got married January of 96. Right. So it, that was the real turning point for me. Did you see that immediately, Gina? Did you know something had happened? I did. I knew something big had happened, and I knew that he wanted to, like he said, get away and sort things out and get together with God and, and get us and our children and our family all on the right path. We were yeah. doing everything wrong um, and trying to make it work and trying to make a family whole again. Now, how many of this, of, you had six children or seven at that time? We had seven. You had seven, so we're all seven at home? Yes, pretty much. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. We had two that were there about three days a week and every other weekend. So. so while you two are sorting this out, you've got seven kids, some from your previous marriage, mm-hmm. a couple from mm-hmm. your previous mm-hmm. marriage, and then your own child together that are kind of pulling you in different directions at the right. same time, right? Exactly, exactly. I knew when he came home that we were on the right track. I've always had a lot of faith and known that God was never going to leave us in the same place. Um, but I knew then that we were we were on the right track. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Craig, you go off to meet with God and sort yep. this all out. Uh, <laughs> what was that like? Huh? Oh. You had to face some pretty tough things? I really did. I had to sort through all my emotions. I still had anger. The reason I did, Wayne, is because I had this mis conceived idea that I'm I'm I was faithful to my wife. I'm she said I was a good dad to two kids and I'm teaching a Sunday school class and then so I'm thinking naively we're up for a couple of the year award and <laughs> next thing I know um I'm finding out this plane is going down and we're getting ready to crash and I just had to blame somebody. So rather than look at the mirror and look at what I was really doing wrong, I decided to take all my anger out on God. Mm-hmm. And I had to literally get on my knees and repent and fast and pray and say, I'm sorry, who do I think I am? And I just had to go through that. It was a process more than anything. I'm sure it wasn't a magic eraser, but did he come home different? He did. He came home uh, very humbled. And um, he has continued to go back to the same place every year and get alone with God. And uh, every time he's come home, I've seen just a uh, just a huge difference. I remember one year when he went, um, I'm at home thinking, okay, he's off by himself enjoying three days alone. Uh, I had a stomach bug and happened to have all seven kids that weekend. <laughs> and I'm in the bathroom <laughs> hugging the toilet. And our youngest one says to me, when you're finished, can you cook me some breakfast? Oh, no. <laughs> and I turn around, I think, and he's off having such a great yeah. time. Yes, him and God. Sorry, him and God. So when he Isn't calls me, nice? I'm like, you and God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you see the importance of doing that every year. I do. How would you describe the relationship with your children during this time, both your own biological children and the and Gina's children? Great, great question. I would probably still say fragmented. Mm-hmm. And because I was loyal to my kids, they had my last name and I knew they weren't going to leave me, but I wasn't so sure because I'd been down this road before. So it wasn't that I didn't want to embrace Gina and all of her kids. I didn't want the fear of, well, I might get left again mm-hmm. and you want me to be a dad to your kids. So it was still fragmented like his kids over here and your kids over there. And that's kind of how we treated yeah. it. Again, it didn't uh, heal overnight, I'm sure, Gina, but uh, after Craig came home and things began to change in your marriage, Mm -hmm. things had to start changing with the kids in some way, didn't they? In some ways, they they were a lot 
they were a lot slower coming on board. They, they want um, you to earn it, don't they? Yes. Yeah. And four boys um, are very protective of their mom. That was a little bit of an issue, I think, uh, checking him out still, mm-hmm. you know, a couple even years into the marriage. So was trust a major issue for yes, the kids? Yes, very much. To trust Craig? Yes. Right. Very much, very much so for my boys. You know, they have come to see he is a man of integrity uh, and honor and have, uh, he spent a lot of time with them. He's taught them very valuable things. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And your relationship with your own children while you're struggling? Oh, it's it was uh, very good. We were very tight. We still are. But it, is, it is almost like... Is I t- it a weave they kind of thing right in your own home? Mm-hmm. I I told my biological kids that we'll be okay. That they they knew I was there for them and with them, and I wasn't worried um, that we would have anything that would tear us apart. But how do I integrate four other boys and a and a new wife? They obviously had some walls up. My daughter probably like who's this new lady? Just mm-hmm. as her sons said, who's this new cowboy talking about me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're coming in, setting the room. Who are you? I appreciate the two of you being so open about this because in working through it all, and I think you'd be the you know the first to acknowledge that you haven't solved every problem at home. I don't right. think you have Mm-mm. anyway. Right. But still, God has taught you some things that you think you can pass on to others, and yes. that has led you to uh, a ministry of working with blended families, a need that you see that's going largely unaddressed in the church today. It is, Wayne. We we both have felt that. In fact, this place that I get to every year, one of the years, I just decided to go to the library and I Googled people that were dealing with blended families in the local church, couldn't find hardly anything, no resources, no books, no seminars, no... And quite frankly, I don't know if the church really knows how do you embrace a blended family like ours? Does that mean... One, one of the questions that we addressed once was, well, I've read in Scripture, God hates divorce, but I'm divorced. Does that mean he hates me? And I'm like, no, but I can see how the church, how do, how do we deal with this? No, we're not condoning divorce. Gene and I totally believe it's one man, one woman for a lifetime. But when the jar has been broken, how do you pick up the pieces and try to take his kids, her, her kids, our kids and make the family whole again? That's a tough issue. We'll continue our conversation with Craig and Gina Morgan, Help for the Blended Family, today on First Person. Next time on First Person, we'll meet a Christian composer, the man behind music for the soul, Steve Seiler. You know, the work itself is a a total joy, and particularly to see somebody's life actually transform. Somebody reach out to us and say, because of your song, you know, now I feel this. That's a greater reward than, than anybody could ever hope to have. We'll hear Steve's story and the inspiration behind the songs that make music for the soul. Next time on First Person. Today on First Person, my guests are Craig and Gina Morgan from the Dallas, Texas area talking about blended families. This is a burden that God has placed on your hearts. You've learned in the crucible, so to speak. You you came together as a blended family and learned some lessons that we can all learn from ourselves, those of us who have blended families. So let's pick it up where we left off and, and the need for this, Gina, in the church. Uh, yes. you, you see that there aren't a whole lot of resources Absolutely. To, to turn to. Years ago, uh, we've been married 16 years, and years ago, I, you know, a year or two in our marriage, um, I noticed and said to Craig, there's not 
there's no resources out there for what we're going through. There's nothing in the church. There's no Sunday school class, small groups, nothing addressing this. And in some ways, you kind of feel like a second-rate citizen. Mm -hmm. And... um, So that's where it started being a burden on my heart. And as being a room mom for several of of our kids in school, I said to him, the majority of these kids in these classrooms come from homes that are in a second marriage or or more. And um, sadly to say also in the church, that is who is a big majority of who is sitting on the pews out there. and And it needs to be addressed. What have you two learned about how to be a blended family, how to blend successfully a family uh, when two people come together with children from previous marriages and the kids need to get along and you need to get along with each other's kids and it needs to be a, a single family? Right. What, what are some of the things you've learned? The first thing that really jumped out at me was realignment. Uh, my kids came first when I met Gina and she came second. Now, in a first-time marriage, the wives or the husbands course, come yeah. first, and yeah. the kids come second. Usually has some time to, uh, exactly. to nurture that marriage relationship. But that's not the way it is in a blended family. The kids are first, and the spouse comes second. So, subconsciously, I'm sure I kept my kids figuratively in first place, and my wife figuratively in second place. And I use this example, it's like, figuratively driving a car and I'm putting my wife in the back seat and the kids are in the front. Well, that paints a over, picture. Yeah. over time I had to realign and go, whoa, whoa, kids, yeah. I still love you, but y'all hop in the back, yeah. figuratively speaking. Sure. My wife is now in the front. And so then they had to go through that. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. We were first. What, what, who, who's this new woman coming in and taking first place? And we're mm-hmm. so it just takes time and it's sensitive and just issues of dealing with, and that, that was one of the first ones that really impacted me, Wayne. Gina, did you have similar feelings? You felt loyal to your four for your four boys first? I did, but I don't think it came as, it wasn't, um, I had the loyalty for Craig. She did. My boys didn't, I mean, they didn't necessarily like that. No, you didn't ignore them. Right. No, not at all. But they know that I was in alignment with Craig, um, and I guess some of our struggle and issue, what we had was that I saw that I was not mm-hmm. um, first in Very alignment true. with and, him. And that had to hurt. It did. It she did. was much more mature than I was. Um, she was much more in alignment with me. And I'm the one that kept her at bay. It Were the kids wasn't. getting that message that the two of you weren't in sync because of them? I'm sure they are. So. These are smart kids. Yeah. <laughs> Don't doubt that a bit. <laughs> yeah. They probably should be be doing some of these interviews. Did, did they right. make it more difficult for you, though? Or did they kind of empathize with Well, with let me jump out. No, I won't say that. I was going to tease no. Gina. No, they, um, they, they did make it. Uh, mine yeah. love to say, oh, well, he comes first. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't care for the, They knew that was the way it was going to be with me. Okay. That he right. was going to be first. All right. She, she was much quicker. She saw a bigger vision, and I was slower to come along. But I eventually, hopefully, am getting there, but she's, uh, she was much better. What did you do in this realignment issue? I mean, how did you address it? Did you, were there some steps you took? Were there some, were there, was there a turning point where you, you thought, we're finally getting this right? I, I, I know that one of the, uh, well, it was 2003. Remember, honey, we went through a, uh, a great marriage conference. They called it a boot camp. Mm-hmm. I had gotten rid of the baggage that I had kept holding on to, 
not even knowing really two things, how I'd gotten very selfish, not that I wasn't already, but I, I think I was aware of, goodness gracious, Craig, you are really selfish. And number two, I had just put this wall up and I was just judgmental. Th- those things came down and I started looking at myself as who I really was. And so thinking, again, it was more about you than about what the kids were doing. Oh, yeah. You, you had to be fixed first. Absolutely. I think that's what what is so important, I think, that we should let couples know, too, is that get yourself yeah. fixed. You can't change other people. No, you can't change other people. But coming into a blended marriage with your own baggage that you've not worked on, I would say it's real important to work on yourself and your marriage first. Because if mom and dad are okay, then mm-hmm. everybody below, the yeah. kids are Over okay. Time, and they know that. They sure. sense that. Um my kids and I know his kids saw and knew my insecurities. I had some baggage that I had not dealt with from back being in a childhood um, with some things that were very hurtful and damaging that happened to me that I thought I had dealt with and I really had not. So um, bringing baggage in is uh, is very harmful. And so I would say what to deal with, with baggage and get things good between mom and dad first yep. and everything else starts... Okay. Starts yep. working out. So one of the main issues is realignment. Absolutely. Yes. But that's not the only issue. No. No. <laughs> wish it were, huh? Yeah, I wish. There's, there's a whole, how, who does the discipline and how is it administered? Is it by the step or is it by the biological parent? What about yeah. loyalty and issues? And these aren't so little they, kids at this point, are they? No. We, uh, no. what would you say, honey? They started about from 10 to 2. Right. When we started right. integrating right. our right. families and now they're, 29 and 17 so we've been at this mm-hmm. as Gina said 16 mm-hmm. years so you're right there's other issues Wayne. okay so yeah. talk to me about discipline what were some mm-hmm. of the things you learned yeah well we can tell you we did all the wrong things <laughs> so trial and error huh? we can we can definitely tell you that um, I think it's very important and not knowing this when we went into it gosh we mm-hmm. wish we'd have had a book on how to how to blend a family or what to do what not to do but um it's very important that we've learned that the biological parent disciplines you know, right. the, the, the biological children. Right. Um, and, and we didn't do that. I thought, wow, here, I've got this wonderful man that can help me with these boys. Uh-huh. And, and if there needs to be discipline done there or, or how great that is to have his help. That's, didn't work that way. That's not, that's not the right way to do it. And we've learned by trial and error. It's so true because I thought that's my responsibility. Exactly. So her and because it is t- in a typical It marriage. is in a typical mm-hmm. family, correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I would administer discipline, I'm talking about when the kids would be four and five years old, and um, I realized, whoa, she should have been the one doing the disciplining, and I should have been by her side agreeing with her and affirming her and amening mm-hmm. the discipline, but it should have been carried out by mom. Right. You know, as I talk to you, I, I keep surfacing new issues that I that I haven't yep. thought about. I'm sure you two have worked through, and one issue is the fact that some kids have a different last name than the other kids. And mm-hmm. how does that affect the fact that you're trying to pull together wow. as one family? Exactly. How exactly. did you handle that? That is a good question because um, – Coming into this marriage with four boys who were very proud of their last name, and of course they would, the comments would come up. Oh, well, we're going to do it, you know, 
the Morgan's way or oh, that. Oh, a lot of that came into play, oh, okay. and they right. were good at doing that. So it was that. a natural dividing line it that is. You, you, it, you wish wasn't there, it, but because exactly. of the name, it's always there. It's always there. Right. What Craig had uh, said earlier, uh, God really put something on his heart when he was in one of those trips in Tennessee that I believe and know it was from God because it had such an impact on my boys to let them know that their last name is important for them to know that their last name is uh, it's significant um, and that it is, it's their legacy, it's their heritage, and it's very important to them. And I believe what God put on Craig's heart when he was um, away on one of those trips, um, getting, getting alone with God, and I know that was spoken to him from God because it made such a difference in our boys and them knowing the significance of their last name. We're coming to the end of this conversation, and it's been so enriching to talk to you. And I know there's lots of families out there that this touches a deep need uh, in their home. And uh, I hope that you have an opportunity to address these needs in the future. I know that's your desire. It is. To address blended families. But looking on the, uh, the experience as a whole, how would you sum it up? I mean, no regrets, right? No. Um, a process to get from point A to point B. And when you say no, uh, no regrets. No regrets. In the present marriage, I mean. Oh, no. Not, not at all. I, little did I know in 1993 when we first met what God had in store. And we've seen this is, a, this is something we're supposed to help the local church with because there is such a vacuum. There's such a huge need. And with all respect to all the great, wonderful churches, it's how do you deal with this? It's not easy. And so uh, our minister was, in fact, I'll just tell you this in closing, when on Mother's Day one year, he came to us and said, would you speak on Mother's Day? It is the hardest day of the year for stepmoms, mm-hmm. and Gina is a role model for our church. And I'd like you all just to share your testimonial in front of the morning and the and the late morning service. And I'm like, what? I'm, <laughs> me? Her? Us? But if there was something that we were doing right, because he saw that need, and as he went on to tell the story that 40% of the kids are raised in a blended family today, and the divorce rate in the church doesn't look any different than the others, so outside the church. So, yes, we've seen that need, and so no no regrets. I just were honored that the Lord would have us play a very small role to help try to make the family whole again, because it's what we're supposed to do. That's right. Husband and wife Craig and Gina Morgan with a few of the lessons they have learned about living in a blended family. The Morgans now seek to help other families with some of these same issues and more through a ministry called Blended Together Forever. Through speaking, writing, and conferences, Craig and Gina bring biblical principles to bear on this aspect of parenting. And if you'd like more information about the ministry Blended Together Forever, please visit our website where you'll find links to their website and resources. You'll find that at firstpersoninterview.com. Once again, that's firstpersoninterview.com. And if you missed any part of today's conversation or would like to pass it on to someone you know would benefit from hearing what you have heard today, this interview will be available online at firstpersoninterview.com. Just click on the listen button at firstpersoninterview.com where you'll find today's program as well as all previous interviews. You can also download the podcast version of First Person through iTunes and take it with you on your MP3 player. And don't forget to look us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash first person interview. Next week, you'll meet a songwriter who writes songs with the intention of bringing God's healing to troubled souls. 
You'll meet Steve Seiler of Music for the Soul next week. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.